Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's obviously one that's that's at the forefront. He's injured now, um, obviously on injured reserve, and and, um, is eligible to come back on March 10th. I think the the way that our whole strategy plays out in the next two and a half weeks, how our team continues to play, will will dictate uh, the short term answer the, at the trade deadline, and then um, we'll continue to have those discussions leading up to that, and then and then afterwards with where it's at. But I would say it's um, you know I, I understand how valuable he's been as a teammate, person in the community, contributor to to helping the team win um, Stanley Cup, and and so on and so forth. So it's it's important, but at the at the same time. You know, we have to take stock of where we're at and, and um, you know, be realistic about the fact that, you know, one of the issues we have is we need to get, uh, we need to get younger. And, um, you, know, you know, we have a lot of guys in their, in their 30s signed. Some of them are some of the best players in the history of the franchise. And it's tough with Jake, as I've said to him, because he's, um, he's an excellent player and playing at an elite level. But, um, you know, we have to find a way to continue to have those solid veteran guys but also continue to get younger at the same time. Sounds like if the Penguins are out of this thing come deadline that Jake Gensel's gone, right? I mean, that's a lot of words there from Kyle Dubas. Yep. But he's talking about the core, and we'll play another clip later, where that core is Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and then lumped in there was Eric Carlson as well. But it doesn't sound like Kyle Dubas views Jake Gensel as part of the core as they attempt to get younger. Jake Gensel, not a spring chicken anymore. Sounds like they're going to move this guy because... The reality is, we went over the lineup yesterday. This is not a good hockey team. I don't think Mike Sullivan has done a good job. We will get to that as well. And Kyle Dubas's comments on him. But you can only polish the turd so much. When you've got this guy wearing 16 who's smaller than me, I could maybe beat that guy up. 
who's on your second line days after being claimed, this is a bad hockey team, they're not going to be in a good spot eight games from now when that trade deadline comes around. I think you can kiss Jake Gensel goodbye. Is that what you took from that? A little bit, yeah. I mean, I, I took a lot of uh, word salad, obviously, but <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. And, you know, they just need to figure out a lot of things. And, you know, they, they hope to figure out that they can win some games here coming down this stretch here, but it doesn't look like it's not likely, and uh, there's going to be somebody that's going to have to go and points to Gensel. Yeah, I'm, and I think the thing about it is, what he did sort of lay out there is that he's already going down the path of we are going to have to do this. We're going to have to break this up a little bit. We're going to have to try and change things. The other thing he said that I thought was pretty clear was we are not going to be adding right. under any circumstances. You know, even if we win six games in a row or whatever and get back into it, we're not going to be adding. We might make a trade that makes it a little better – but we're not adding. It's not like we're going to go and say, hey, we've got some prospects and picks and we're going to go all in and try and get a rental. To... Clearly, that's not going to happen. They're either going to stand pat or they're going to dump Gensel and maybe even a couple of other guys. Yeah, it sounds like he is open for business on just about everybody. He went on to talk about this can't really be a full rebuild. But he did tell us who the untouchable guys are. I think what you're uh, alluding to is a, is a full-on like where you're you know in the bottom five of the league. And I think when you have players like that, they prevent you from getting there because they're too good. And uh, at the same time, I think that what they can pass on to the players that are that come into the organization, uh, in terms of the standards that we that we have here, the impact that being around Sid, Gino, Latang, Carlson, each day can have on a young player, it's it's impossible to measure. And I think. Um, that's what we would. That's what we would set out to do. So he's going to try to really thread the needle here. He's not really doing anything different than what Ron Hextall was trying to do. Ron Hextall was trying to not destroy the future while also making sure that the present could be as good as possible. Now, a lot of the personnel moves that he made were bad, but at least that was the intent. That's the sense I'm getting here with Dubas. Is we're not tearing this thing down to the studs, and I wonder if Penguins fans feel like that's the but, right thing. But I don't think it's possible to do that. It's not possible to really – because of the contracts you have on this team. You're stuck. You, if, if, and the thing about it is we can sit here and we do, you know, every single day on all of our shows, fantasize about Malkin and Latang being moved and them saying, oh, yeah, no problem. We, wave this no, no trade clause. If they say they don't want to do it, which it doesn't sound like they have a lot of energy because they want to stay, they want to stay together. There's not a ton you can do to change the team because when you're talking about ripping it down to the studs, you're basically talking about moving one of the big guys. Right. You were talking about Crosby being the last man standing. Exactly. And what would go into that, obviously, is the waiving of the no-move clauses, which all those three guys other than Crosby have. Crosby does too, but they're not going to trade him. Uh, they're not going to trade. It doesn't sound like the other guys either. It's not only the no-movement clauses, which is a pain in the ass. They'd have to agree to it. And also, the captain doesn't want that to happen. When he had his sit-down with Rossi, he said, basically, the Gensel decision does not affect whether or not I want to be here. Right. But he did pound the table for Malkin and Latang. So you would need them to waive their no-move clauses, and you would need Crosby to sign off on it. Neither one of those things seems likely. So what we're going to have happen is, the hope is, if you move on from the Gensels, the Rusts, 
I don't know about Tristan Jari. Maybe he's in that. Maybe Ricard Raquel. We know all the names of guys they could potentially move. If you move on from all those guys, the hope then is you can backfill your roster with young players, with some of the few prospects that you do have, and win. And I'm just here to tell you, they're going to look a lot like they've looked the last two years, if that's the case. And they're going to look a lot like the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so the question I want to ask the people is this, at 412-928-9370, the same question we asked Steelers fans this year and last year, like, do you even want to see this team win enough games before the deadline to not sell off these pieces? Because what's the end game there? Like, what if they play well, play themselves into a into a playoff spot or near it before the deadline? You don't sell well, these guys off. You're Are you going to make a dent come the playoffs anyway? Let, let me ask you this. So, if you're... You all right? What, oh, no, no. Did, did I cut you off? No, good. Are you sure? Yeah, go. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was I was actually looking at this, and I I didn't want you to think I was cutting you off. No, we're good. You know, I didn't want I didn't want you to think I was callous. <laughs> you know, cutting me off. Anyway, Zeiss is scarred by the first uh, fifteen seconds of the show. No, I was looking at this. So here are the guys that could be rentals if you're trading. You know, at the trade deadline that you would be looking to. Gensel, we already know about. Could you get anything for Jeff Carter? No. Okay, well then, I mean, there's there's another guy you could trade that's a rental. Uh, Harkins, Colin White. <laughs> okay. Ruedel. Anybody need a seventh defenseman? Right. And uh, you, you're not going to trade Nadell? Nadell? The hell with Ned. It. It's too early to try and pronounce his name. Uh, there's the a go- J in the middle there. The goalie, yes. Mm-hmm. The, it's, 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 so you're not going to trade him. So You could. I guess you could, but my point is, at the end of the day, really... What's it net you? Gensel is really about the only place you could go where you're trading somebody that somebody might actually desire because he's a rental. Mm -hmm. Maybe Raquel. Raquel, too. He'd be a change of scenery guy. You know, part of the problem is you're going to lose out on Jake Gensel now, right? Because it does sound like they're going to move him. Right. You're going to lose out on Gensel, and you're going to pay Ricard Raquel and Brian Russ to combine $10 million. Then the problem you've got with Raquel in terms of moving him... He's signed through 2027, and he's been brutal this year. As I mean, I don't know if I don't know you're, you're, that contract is a tough one to, to, to trade. Riley Smith is in the same boat. Like Riley Smith is a guy that won a Stanley Cup last year. You would think, from an experience standpoint, a good playoff performer would be coveted. But what has he done this year? Nothing. He looked like he was a great fit with Malkin early, and then nothing, nothing. So the Penguins are in a position that we always knew they were going to get to. But I always thought when they got here, they would have the legitimate discussion. We got to go one way or the other, not trying to do both things at once. And they're going to try to do both things at once. Yeah, you've always said that, that you're not a proponent of doing that. And I think every team kind of does that, though. I think every team tries to plan for the future by and also simultaneously is preparing for the now. Well, the Kinda Rangers a couple of years ago didn't, and it, it's the only example that I can really remember where they basically plastered it on a billboard. These great teams that we had with Lundquist in the net and, and going to the Stanley Cup final against the Kings and playing deep in the postseason year after year, we're actually going to tear this thing down. And they did, and then they got some draft picks, and they got the goalie Shesterkin who's been good for them, 
They wound up going out and getting through their cap space. Panarin, who's been one of the best players in the league, Zibanejad, who's been one of the best centers in the league. They said, F it, we're done, we're moving on. And fairly quickly, they became now one of the best teams in the NHL the last couple of years. Like, they did. They went full on in. The Capitals didn't. Chicago didn't. L.A. didn't, and they're just now coming around to winning. Chicago's one of the worst teams in the NHL because they held on to their guys for so long, and they trade Patrick Kane for relative peanuts. You either got to say we're in it or we're not. And you're right, Paul. The contracts preclude them from being able to to do that, but you know, if you have a really hard conversation with Latang and Malk, guys, listen, like, here's the deal. You can't tell me that you could get them to waive it. You need Crosby to sign off on it, too. I mean, that might be the hardest part. This idea that you're going to come back with those four elder statesmen next year and surround them with younger guys because of your cap space and whatever you accrue via these draft picks, I just think I think it's a pipe dream. Right in the same spot. You're in the was- same spot. Because Malkin's not the same player by a long shot that he was. Carlson isn't either. And the reality is, I think Crosby can keep doing this for a long time, but he's not going to be the same player next year. It's just not going to happen. He faded a little bit down the stretch last year. Does Carlson have a no-trade clause? Yes. I think he does. Yeah. Which, and I don't know about Rust and Raquel. I think limited. Because here's the thing. I'm looking at the, I'm, you know, I, I have their, all their contracts mm-hmm. out there. Boy, they've got some problems. Like, well. You know, in terms of, like, moving things around and trying to get better, you've got Carlson signed through 2026 for $11.5 million every year. And he's got a no trade. So he could basically. So they're only paying like eight or so of that, but even still. Latang is signed through 2027. He's the one guy that I think if he were to move his trade clause, they could get something in return because he's still playing at a high level. Yes. Uh, The other one I saw on there, uh, Rust, and uh, uh, Rust is $5 million a year for like five or six more years. And he's a diminishing returns guy, and he's banged up. I've been told he's been playing with a torn labrum. Right. That's what I've been told. I'm just saying, and in terms of moving things around and and making changes and doing what you're doing, what you're talking about, which is not necessarily stripping it to the bolts, but letting go of the idea that we can, you know, we're going to resurrect this and give them one more shot at the – boy, they've got some – they don't have a lot of flexibility. No. Nope. That's, that's the problem. One thing I haven't heard discussed on our airwaves or any or anywhere else is we'll get to Mike Sullivan at 630 because Dubas had comments on him. Everyone's reacted to the Gensel stuff. I mean, how has Dubas done so far? Like, how would we evaluate what he's done? Let's get to that coming up next. If you want to weigh in on the state of the Penguins, we'd love you to do so at 412-928-9370. That's the text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. You can hit us up on Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia in Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guacamole on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How about those boys? Fan Morning Show is brought to you by Armstrong Comfort with Matt Mertz Plumbing. See this on KDKATV.com. Numerous U.S. cell service providers were experiencing outages Thursday morning. AT&T, T-Mobile, Verizon, U.S. Cellular, and Consumer Cellular were among them. The outages appear to have started around the same time shortly after 3 a.m. Eastern time. So we're talking about texts and calls apart from going to emergency services in some instances have been disabled. That is a pain in the ass. I also wonder what happened, and I'm afraid it's Russia. I'm terrified. China? What happened here? What what, what could have been? I have no clue. Like, really? I don't know. I don't even know how radio works, man. Me neither. You hit a button and we talk to the people. That's all I know. Exactly. I mean, there's towers and frequency. I don't know. What? What is that? Speaking of which, did you you, um, see this story? A couple of weeks ago where somebody stole the tower from a radio. Did you see that? Oh, they were doing like pirate radio. From a ra- <laughs> no, they, from a radio station. Yeah. They had, you know, they had one of those 200-foot towers. It was in Alabama. They walked out one day. It was gone. Someone stole the tower. Now, my, qu- could, my question on that is this. I swear to this. God. My question on that is this, boys. Are you, are you doing that to sell the parts? Or are you doing that to of broadcast course. yourself? Well, how do you get away with that? I'm selling the parts of this thing that just went missing that's 200 feet tall that everyone knows is gone. That's, um, that is not a crime that you're going to get away with. How do you even get that? Like, how do you make that disappear? Like, you have, yeah. to, ha- you have to have some serious equipment yeah. and l- loud equipment to get that out of the ground to haul it away. It's not like you're probably breaking it down. So, like, what are you going to put it on a big truck bed? Did you guys ever watch Breaking well, Bad? Here it is. Yes. Where they steal all that chemical? Yes. Uh, from the train? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, yes, that's yes. not. How is that a covert operation? Same thing here. Well, here it is. Ready? This is from NBC News. So we know it's not, you know, some, some uh, slappy with, you know, some slappy with some, you know, a, a, a blog. This is NBC News. Radio station in Alabama was forced to go silent after thieves stole its 200-foot radio tower and other equipment from a building. The station, WJLX, sent a landscaping crew to the site Friday morning for spring cleaning, only to find the 200-foot radio tower gone. <laughs> gone. Yeah, what do you do? <sighs> Dead at night, you pull up a couple of 18-wheelers? When you got to dig it out of the ground. When yeah. A, when a crew, Excavation. Yeah. Here, here you go. When a crew member called the station's general manager uh, to break the news... What do you mean the tower is gone? Are you sure you're in the right place? I actually used more colorful words than that, Brett Elmer said. He said there's wires all over the ground and the tower is gone. Could you imagine someone calling Spec? That's what I was going to say. You know what I mean? Hey, man, uh, <laughs> the tower's gone. Yeah. Would all we still be stations, able to do a web broadcast, I All wonder? of our stations are uh, currently not on because our tower has been stolen. I, I just can't. I can't put it together how you would get that out, and nobody noticed. That, that's the thing that, to me, is very fishy. Nobody 
within, you know. That is the ultimate heist. Right. Has to be. Even more even more than robbing a bank. Do you think people rob banks anymore in the traditional sense? There's no way that they can. Yeah. Like pull a, a pull a ski mask over your head. Absolutely they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, cause, There's cameras everywhere. Yeah, but at the ultimate but the, but the end of the day, banks still have money out front. Now, what you're not going to do, you're not going to get like $100,000. But you read about these bank robbers all the time that roll out of there with like seven, eight, ten thousand dollars $10,000, which is, you know what I mean? And that's a pretty quick job. You jump over to the counter, you know. Get it, Open run. the drawers, boom, 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 and gone. You read about those kind of bank robber, bank robberies all the time. You're talking about like an Ocean's Eleven, yeah. Ocean's Thirteen type heist. I'm talking Bonnie and Clyde. Right. I'm talking... The Joker in the Dark Knight, yes. where he rolls in with all those buses and rolls out with the bus. I feel like that kind of deal would be tough these days. Very tough. Yeah, Very I mean, tough. there's so many. You would have to be so sophisticated and have so much, you know, technology at your at your hand for that. But in terms of the old school, you know, run in, smash and grab kind of bank robbery. Those still exist. They still exist. Haven't you know, gone out of style. Did you see? I read some the other day, in fact, about a, a, there's, a ra- there's a rash of those. They, they they haven't been able to solve across the Midwest and the South where like like forty six banks have been hit or something like that. I thought during COVID we might see a spike in bank robberies because everyone wearing the masks. You could walk yeah. in with the gator and your hood up, and that's just what everybody looked like. And you run out onto the street. Generally, it's hey guys with masks and bags of money. Those are the culprits. Mm-hmm. During COVID, everyone's walking around with masks. So my bank uh, when I went over there, they actually wouldn't let you inside. For that very reason. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you just had to do everything through the ATM. Yeah, or you could like request help, and somebody would come out. You'd like ring a doorbell. Yeah. Everyone texts us on the text line four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Does your phone work? Four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. We'll we'll figure it out because if it if it gets through to us the text line, that means their phone works. That's right. You know, a great bank robbery scene. Have you ever watched the movie Heat with Robert De Niro? Yes. That is a great, that is, is an incredible scene. bank robbery scene, by the way. I don't think we make bank robberies the way we used to. Still possible, but we don't do them as, <laughs> as well as we used to. Can't. All right, coming up next, we were going to talk about Dubas, but we'd rather talk about that. What grade would you give Kyle Dubas for his time on the job so far? I haven't heard anybody talk about this. It's all Sullivan. It's trading Gensel. What do we make of Dubas's offseason as we're now just over halfway through the year? 412 928 Nine three seven zero. In fact, that'll be the subject of the PJ Fitzpatrick Home Improvement Twitter poll. Trustpj.com. What grade do you give Kyle Dubas so far? We'll get to that coming up next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
What grade do you give Kyle Dubas for his time on the job so far? 412-928-9370. That's how you get involved. You can also vote on the Fan Morning Show Twitter poll. It's that question. So far, not a ton of votes in, but 59% of the people say C. 19% of people say D. Here's what I'll say about Kyle Dubas' time on the job so far. Like, the biggest flop has been Eric Carlson. Because while he's been good 5-on-5, five five, while you look at the top 10 in scoring and defense, I mean, he's actually been very good. The power play is what he was supposed to fix. And it's one of the worst in the league, one of the worst in Pittsburgh Penguins history. That being said, I can't possibly fault him for, for making that move. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, I mean, I give him point more points... For taking a shot at a at a player like yeah. that, it's not his fault. It doesn't. He's panning out on the the power play like that. I give Dubas a B because he you know inherited a situation. Um, he tried to make the right moves. He tried to you know enhance the roster. Tried to get a big time player. It just hasn't panned out in the way that they looked uh, for that player to, to pan out. I don't really blame him for that. I I give him a B. Um, I I think that that that's how you have to look at the Carlson trade. Yeah. You, you, it hasn't really worked out, but he swung. And the, the only thing I keep going back to, though, is our, is our boy Tyler Kennedy. You know, he, he was singing the song of it's not a good fit. Yep. He's not a good fit for this. So, you know, while he did go out and get a star power kind of player, there, there and, and, and Tyler Kennedy wasn't the only one that was saying that, that, you know, I'm not sure this is a good fit. He looked at it kind of like collecting hockey cards mm-hmm. and not guys that would fit. I disagreed with TK at the time because from a systematic standpoint, you've got a puck-moving defenseman who was at the top of his game last year, racked up 100 points, was a power play maven. A lot of people were saying he was the best power play quarterback in the game. I think you do take that swing. And not only did he take a swing in – Acquiring Eric Carlson, he also got rid of Petrie, who was bad, old, and the contract was bad. Granlin. Granlin, which was a terrible acquisition in the first place, and a contract that I didn't think in a million years they'd be able to move. And Jan Ruta, who's a okay player, but you were paying him decent money to be a, a, a third pair, really, defenseman. That's a move I can't fault him for. And in fact, I said it at the time. It was the most transformative move that he could have made. The biggest fish available outside of the goalie position that could have a massive impact on this team when you're talking about a guy that's going to play 25-ish minutes a night. It just hasn't worked out. But I can't fault him for doing that. You can fault him for some of the other stuff, though. Like, Ryan Graves has been a failure. That guy has not been good here. And you're paying him a significant amount of money. Noel Achari, Matt Nieto... They don't move the needle. You're just trying to fit out the fill out the bottom six. I'll say, like I, I do think Lars Eller's been good. <laughs> what about Riley Smith? That's been a bad one, but that's another one that at the time looked like a good move. Yeah, coming like, from uh, uh, Vegas, and I'll t- I'll t- winning. Yeah, I, I don't want to do the the hindsight is twenty twenty thing when I endorse those moves at the time. They didn't think they'd be able to get keep Jason Zucker who was really good for them last year. So they found a reasonable facsimile, a guy with similar production who had just done it in the playoffs, who could have predicted that he would fall off a cliff. I don't put that on the well, general manager. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you the meal, the deal that I think is going to probably... Tristan Jari. I mean, you gave him a five-year deal. Everyone was kind of like, "Yeah, you got to be kidding me. Why are we doing this? So if Jari doesn't 
pan out? Or, you know, what, what if we sit here five years from now and Jari hasn't won a playoff series? It's not all but on him. Right, right now it looks like the best movie he's made. Yeah, so far he's played really well. But he had played well in other regular seasons. Right. So you're looking at is he moving the needle for you in the playoffs? It that, actually that underscores also, yeah. just how bad this team is that he and Ned have played to the level that they've played and they still suck. The Penguins goaltending this year. They're fourth in the league mm-hmm. in goals allowed per game. In terms of save percentage, they're fifth in the league. Shutouts? Shutouts. I believe they're top of the league. Right. They are. The goaltending, which was actually a big question mark for Kyle Dubas because he never really figured that out in Toronto, was the big thing. Oh, God, you're bringing this guy in. You need your goaltending to be good. That's why you lost to the Rangers. Is he going to be able to do that? And that actually has been fine, which I think this underscores the, the the bigger problem is he was left trying to resurrect a bad situation left to him from Ron Hextall. And then also, you got to question the coaching too. How can you not question the coaching? This roster overall isn't good. To, to I don't think much fault to Kyle Dubas. I really don't. That's why I would agree with you, Doran. I'd give him a B for this offseason and what he's done so far. Mike Sullivan has this team not practicing three-on-three. Three. They don't practice it. They don't practice shootouts. Dan Bilesman used to have his team practice a shootout every day. Sullivan's a better coach, but those are those are points you need to have. They don't practice it. The power play. Forget about the rest of the roster construction. You've constructed a roster that should ha- at least have a top 10 power play. <laughs> so that, to me, falls mostly on coaching. And not so much on Kyle Dubas. How, how can you not practice three on three? Right, that, that, yes. It's a travesty. It's because, a joke. I don't. The team you point out all the time is the Islanders, who have been like in overtime twenty times or something like that. that those are points you're leaving on the table. Yes, and that's why they didn't make it last year. They were bad three on three. I would think that you, you brought Carlson in to fix the power play, which is why I still think it was the right move to attempt to make or to make by Kyle Dubas. You also brought him in because you thought he'd be good three-on-three. But how does the coaching staff not, in the offseason, as you're talking about what are we going to fix, what really cost us last year, you see how bad you were in overtime in the shootout, and it's not a point of emphasis for you? Instead, they start Lars Eller the other night. Right. And that's... (laughs) That's not on... You know what, Doran? That's that's not even a practice thing, a structure thing. How do we want to play three-on-three? That was a bad personnel decision. Yes which then you fold into the fact that they don't practice three-on-three. So if I were grading Mike Sullivan, I'd be C, D range. Kyle Dubas, I'm giving him a B. I will say the one thing I wish Dubas would have tried to do, maybe he tried, but the one thing I wish he would have done is at some point during their meandering early on in the year is try to swing a deal. Like when things started to go south a little bit, just try to earlier. S- yeah, just to s- act quicker. Yeah, not even a big deal because mm-hmm. I don't think that's possible, really. I, I, I don't think it's his call but to me he'll show me a lot of this offseason if if they don't make the playoffs is he willing to fire Mike Sullivan well we'll get to that coming up next because it sounds like the answer to that is a resounding no there is one other thing I'm going to pay attention to big time this offseason with Kyle Dubas we'll get to that next as well it's always the easy low-hanging fruit and target of everything and 
uh, I've got a deep respect for the coaching staff and the, and the way that they go about it. I meet with Sully every morning, and we talk multiple times per day. He's deeply invested. He takes a, you, he come he has to walk out here every day and and answer all the questions. It's not an easy position in, in this league, especially because of the commitment. It's not like other sports where I don't I don't know that they have this daily or it's it's much more impromptu in, in baseball and 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 the like. In football, I think it's twice a week. He has to come out here every day and present himself. And uh, you know we've got a team that means a great deal to him. I think he's very open about that. And he takes this very seriously and takes the ups and downs of it very seriously. And I think that's the, the respect I've, I've had for, I've developed for him throughout the year. You know that from afar, but when you get in it with somebody, you, it only helps you. So to me, with the, with the coaching staff, with Sully, I, I envision Mike Sullivan, um, based on what I've learned from him in our discussions this year and his ability to you know, take the development of each individual player seriously, I think he's the type of coach that can both help you win as you all know here i wasn't here but uh you know he, he's the type of coach that shows he can win but also that he can develop people oh my god blah 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 mike sullivan cares he goes to meetings blah 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 why do i care that he cares he's supposed to care of course he cares he's a passionate guy that was clear from day one when he took the job that's something that i respect about mike sullivan but it's also par for the course it's also what you have to do. Mike Tomlin cares. Derek Shelton cares. If you're hired for one of these jobs, you care. You're putting your effort into it. That's not a selling point to me. So he furthers that. He says he thinks Mike Sullivan can develop players. I'm wondering where the evidence of that is lately. I'm not seeing it. When Gensel came up, he had coached him in Wilkes. When Rust came up, he had coached him in Wilkes. When Sherry came up, he had coached him in Wilkes. All of those guys, he said, I'm not going to be afraid to let them make mistakes. The longer he's been on the job, the more and more he's been focused on, we can't have guys make mistakes. And so I think there has been a lack of development. I don't know what Dubas is getting at. I there. mean, what are you looking for? Why, why, are you, why are you worried about developing players right now? You need to worry about winning. Like, you go into these press conferences, and, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm not a GM. I'm not a head coach. I get it. But going into these press conferences, you can be really cut and dry if you want to. You can answer the question. You can fulfill your, your, your obligation. And word salad, I think, just gets you in a situation where it's harder to get out of it and dig out of it. He could have just been like, we need to win more games. We need to be better. But we think Sullivan's the right man for the job. Yes, and he obviously cares. And we're going to try to work one game at a time. And then next question. Like, we don't, development and things of that nature. And, like, Karen, like, this is where you're at in the season is very crucial, obviously, from how you've been playing. Like, just address that and address how it's going to be moving forward and how you see and anticipate it being moving forward and what you expect out of your team and out of your coaching staff. You, you, you use the word word salad. That's all that was. Yeah. One big giant word salad. And I, and I think part of it is, <clears throat> you know, when he's talking about development of players, I could see where he's trying to say, well, we're going to be going through a rebuild. Sure. We're going to have younger players, and he's a good coach to develop players. But at some point, to me, the message gets old, clearly in hockey, and frankly in hockey and the NBA and, and baseball where it's long seasons that are daily. I, that's probably why in those sports, you know, you see more turnover, in the in, well, at least in the NBA and the NHL. But so – Basically, what he's saying is 
because he's had a long track record of having success, we're just going to basically stay with him because we feel like eventually what he does well is yeah, going to come out. You know what I mean? The 50-minute mark to his, of the fan. Well, I was going to say, to Doran's point, though, and this is what I'm going at, the two seasons in a row or two twice in a row when they fired a coach in the season, they went and won the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying it has that in ability this year because I think the team is different. But if you fire them, you have a chance to affect change in some way. But this is just more of the status quo nonsense. Well, and he sounds frustrated, too. We'll get to that in a second. The 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Route 19, and Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. He snapped at a reporter yesterday, Sullivan did in the early going. We'll play mm-hmm. that for the people later on in the show. He can't be snapping because he feels his job's in jeopardy. It's very clear that they're moving forward with Mike Sullivan. Whether that's actually Dubas's call or it's Fenway Sports Group's call, it really doesn't matter. He's going to be around. That is so evident by the way he talked about him yesterday and by the way they've talked about him in the offseason, yada, yada, yada. When I look at this team, it's not a great roster, but they're leaving points on the table with the parts of the roster that you would think would succeed in specialized situations, power play, three-on-three. They don't practice three-on-three. The power play's been an unmitigated disaster all season long. Their bottom six isn't good. There's questions on the defense, but whenever you're throwing out Malkin, Crosby, Latang, Carlson on the power play, the bottom six should have nothing to do with that. It does have nothing to do with that. When you're talking three-on-three, those guys, even at their advanced ages, should be better than the opposition and they're not playing well enough in those circumstances. That, to me, falls on coaching. But they're not going to do anything about it. And as far as the development's concerned, has Carlson been better this year than he was last year? No. Has Riley Smith been better than he was last year? No. Who's he getting more out of? Who's he getting above expectation level from? Is there a single guy on the roster? Yeah, maybe One. the goalies. Yeah, and, no. Cro- and Crosby's, Crosby's a self-starter. Crosby doesn't, Crosby doesn't need his coach yeah. to do it for him, right? And maybe the goalies, too. That's true. But how much do they really ha- does he really have to do with the goaltending, you know? Nothing. But Andy Kyoto. <laughs> so, I, I don't know how they can look at what's happened here and say that Mike Sullivan should be the guy leading them through the next chapter of Pittsburgh Penguins ice hockey. I, it, <clears throat> excuse me. To me, it looked like Dubas – wasn't frustrated, but he was, you know, not annoyed either, but he was just kind of antsy. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I read that into people. Mm-hmm. And seeing how he talked the first time he spoke in, whenever he got to Pittsburgh till now, and I get it, you're not winning. But it also seemed like somebody that was talking that uh, really doesn't have as much control as probably people think. And I don't know that he has the answers. And when Sullivan, and the answers, yes. Yeah, when Sullivan snapped at that reporter yesterday, it was the same exact thing. He doesn't feel like his job's in jeopardy, but I think he's trying to push all these buttons. He knows they're not working. The reporter asked, why do you suck basically in one-goal one games? We'll right. play it for the people later on. And he said, well, I think that question lacks context, blah, blah, blah. He knows he's not being fired. I don't think he has a real answer to that question. And he's very sensitive right now because the buttons that he's always pushed before up until last year have always seemingly worked for him. He doesn't know what to do. And when you've got a head coach who doesn't know what to do, doesn't know what buttons to push at this time, to move on with him, I think, is just asinine. We'll revisit this big time, of course, later on in the show. Coming up next, we're going to be joined in studio, not on the fan hotline, in studio by Pat Bostic for a full hour. That fan hotline, by the way, is brought to you by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh Trusted Plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. I want to play a game with you guys and Pat coming up next. 
backup quarterback dating game. I'm going to give you guys the blind resume of all these backup quarterbacks that are out there, and I want to see who we come out with on the end without having any names attached. Will you guys play? Yes. Yay! Bostic! <laughs> He'll join for that coming up next. Right now, Fan Weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 